0: I was thinking about prayer, and one of the reasons I'm up here is because I'm in prayer ministry. So that's, that's how I got this spot. Um, so be careful what you say when the worship committee and the nominating committee call you. You might end up in this spot. Um, but I really prayed about this year how God wanted me to be involved with our church family. I did not have this in mind. Um, I had a list of all the things that I thought God could use me in. He tore up that list. And he just said to my heart, I don't want you to do any of those things that you thought, but I want you to be involved in prayer ministry. So then I thought about it. Because whatever ministry God calls you to, it's because he's trying to grow you in that spot. So when I was with Crater Roll, boy, did I learn a lot. I learned so much about the love of God um, in such a simple way. Um, When I went on mission, boy, did I learn a lot on how to live outside of your comfort zone. So when somebody asks you in the church family, or, or it may be outside of that, it may be something that comes through your job that you may feel like I'm not adequate But if God puts something in your life and you're praying about it and he's telling you, yes, I want you to do this and you're saying, I don't know how to do this. God will equip you with what you need because it's going to grow you and it's going to grow somebody else. And I just said, okay, God, let's go. You're trying to grow me. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I'm not here because of anything that I know how to do I'm here to get to know God better I'm here because this is gonna grow me and I hope that it will help to grow all of us as I grow let's pray father thank you so much that you are the author and the finisher of the total ride and even Even the ability to want you comes from you. And so right now, Father, I just pray that you put that in us, put a desire in our heart to love you the way you love us. Thank you that we can ask for that, because sometimes it feels embarrassing if we don't really love you. But that's okay, according to your word. And so now, Lord, help us to love you, through these passages that we will be saying today, and and thank you, thank you so much for your son that will equip us to be whatever it is we need to be, so we can be home with you someday. In Jesus' name, I do pray. Amen. You know, I was reading this this story um, in a way. Um, I'm going through the process of going through a lot of the things that are in boxes <laughs> from my mom having lived with us. And one of the things that I wanted from my mom was her books. And so I've been looking at her books, and, and she had a really interesting collection of books. Uh, she, mom mom read a lot, a lot. Uh, I remember years ago, she she read things about, who different presidential candidates were going to be before they even got popular. She was always reading these, these books. And, but she also read the red books. We used to call them the red books, and these were books that were, were written by um, Ellen White because the covers were red. Okay, Now you can get them in all kinds of colors. But I, I noticed in, in one of her books there was a, a devotional, and um, it was a compilation of... Um, some writings from Spirit of Prophecy, and I've been reading it. And it's pretty nice because it just says September whatever, so you can make it, you know, for 2016 if you want to or whatever year you're reading it in. But there was one that I was reading in particular, and it was talking about the heart of forgiveness and how that is so important in our life. And, and I really needed that because I really struggle with forgiveness Um, When I was younger, you know, something happened, and um, you might wrong one of your siblings or something, and your parent says, tell them you're sorry. (laughs) You know, do this, give this back to them and tell them you're sorry. And so you do it and give it back, I'm sorry. And I did it, so okay, I did it right. But in the story, it sounds like it goes a little bit deeper than just what you say. So let's look at the story. I like the story. Thank you, David, for, for reading that with us and responsively. But it's an interesting story. The story is an answer to a question that Peter asked. And Peter, I, I like Peter because um, I can so identify with Peter. Jesus is very discreet. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, all of these stories are in the Bible because they're really about us. But the names have been changed to protect the guilty. And when I read the stories, a lot of times I have to say, "Okay, where am I in this story? Because the Bible said that these stories were written to be examples unto us. And so I'm reading the story, and I see Peter, and he asks this question. And he says, how many times am I supposed to forgive my brother? And Peter kind of knows the answer. But, but, but he wants to make it better. He knows what's generally accepted, but, but he, he adds a little bit more to it, and he says, seven times? And I've been there when I've talked to people, and I feel like I have the right answer anyway, so. but just in case, okay? So, so he asks the question, and then Jesus says, yeah, seven, but then Jesus multiplies it out. He says, seven times 70. So yeah, Peter got it right, but there was much more. And I thought about that, and you notice that Peter has no answer after that. So so here's my question. What was the expression on Peter's face when he heard that answer? Because in between the lines, we have to read, there must have been some body language in there that happened. Because the next thing that happens is Jesus is answering a question. But he already gave the answer, but he's answering a question. So it's almost like, I don't know, those of you who are teachers, maybe you're explaining something and you can look over the sea of the faces that are out there and you can kind of see, you know, this kind of look. Well, what does that mean? And so reading the faces of the students, you say, okay, maybe I need to give another illustration. And so you can almost feel this tension because Peter says nothing. Nothing. And that's large when we look at the different narratives of, of, and Peter said, and Peter said. But he doesn't jump right in. So Jesus goes in and he says, okay, I'm going to further explain this. So what Jesus does is he tells a very gentle story. Um, He's good like that. And he tells a story, as we have already read, about the Lord who forgives a great debt to one who owes him much. In fact, this person could have never in their lifetime repaid the debt. That's how large the debt was. However, the person in the story says, I'm going to pay this. And and he makes this request. And out of the compassion of the heart of of the the master, he forgives him his debt. And I thought about this. I said, "So, so then what happened to the debt? Have you ever tried to adjust your books and balance your checkbook? I mean, that debt had to go somewhere. Okay. So the debt, I'm thinking, it obviously fell onto the master, but he forgives him, and, and the person goes away. Um, he gets out, life as usual, and then you see the reversal happening, where someone owes him, but he does not forgive that person. And, um, and the person owes him such a small amount in comparison to what he was forgiven. And so he doesn't forgive. He says, no, I need my money. You know, you're going to be evicted. <laughs> the bank forecloses, okay, and you're out in the street. Word gets around, and the master finds out, wow, what happened? What happened? So he's called in, and and this this part of the story is kind of interesting to me because the one who received forgiveness of debt did not forgive another. Because he did not forgive another, his debt went back onto him. And I thought that that was kind of interesting. So is this like if if I don't do this, God is going to get really mad at me, and he's going to, is is it that sort of thing that's going on? Or do we really understand forgiveness? Because what I'm starting to find out is Jesus told the story to explain the question. The question is to, to expand what is forgiveness. So it seems like Jesus is painting a picture that forgiveness is not just being forgiven, but forgiveness is also forgiving others. And it's not either or. It's a package. It's a process. It goes together. So, so forgiveness isn't like this happened in the past and it's okay. It's an ongoing thing. And I looked at that and I said, oh, that's kind of interesting. How do we know that? We know that because in scripture we are also told that if we don't forgive others of their trespasses, God cannot forgive us. Why is that? Because forgiveness is a process where we accept God's forgiveness because of his compassion and his love and his sacrifice for us that he pours into us. Notice this this debt thing came from, the debt removal came from the master. So the master is really imparting a gift to this person. Scripture needs to back it up. Here we go. I was reading and I was kind of discouraged about um, forgiveness and all this sort of thing. And I happened into my Bible and it was in Acts. And it was Acts chapter 5, um, 30 through 32. And it says, The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior to give repentance to Israel. And forgiveness of sins. So so right then I went, oh, okay. So forgiveness and repentance, that's a gift from God. When God says repent for your sins, he's already given us the gift for the ability to do it. When he says forgive others, that's a gift as well. And I thought, man, that's what's wrong. I've been trying to forgive people by myself. I've been trying to say, okay, I forgive you. And every time I see the person, "Mm," I'm gritting my teeth. And and, and somehow I don't see Jesus' forgiveness like that. I see Jesus hanging on the cross and he says, Father, forgive me. They don't know what they're doing. So his forgiveness is different than mine. But what he says is because yours is different from mine, because that's all you can do because of our fallen nature, I will gift you my forgiveness. And so the heart of God pours out his heart of forgiveness into me so that I can give that forgiveness to somebody else. And I thought, wow, that's great. That's that's good news. I sometimes, you know, had issues with different people that are close to me. And I would think, I know how to act outwardly, but inside, I am not doing well. (laughs) I am not doing well. And, you know, the parable said it's from the heart. So this is an inward thing that is happening to us. It is a process that's always going on. So here it is. It's a gift. I said, great. It's a gift. I'm off the hook. Great. What a package. I've got Jesus. He's my Lord. He's my prince. He's my savior. He's the Lord in the parable. And he's giving me repentance. Why is repentance so important? Because it's my sin that's blocking me from getting to Jesus, who wants to be with me. He wants to be Emmanuel. He wants to be God with us. Let's make a sanctuary so I can dwell among them. He wants to be with us. But there's this sin block. And so through the gift of repentance, then we can remove that block so we can be close to each other. And through forgiving others, oh, my goodness, it really gets good. Because now I can experience the compassion of Christ. Now, the compassion of Christ, that's really really interesting. Um, we don't even have the right kind of compassion. We can feel sorry for people or, you know, whatever. But the compassion of Christ is a supernatural process that is like nothing else that humans can come up with. And it only comes from God. And you know what? That's good news. That's good news when you go to work and you can pray and say, God, please give me caring and compassion for my boss, my fellow workers, whatever. Help me as I live with the people that I live with. Put compassion in my heart. Not tolerance, but compassion and the compassion of God. Because God coming to be with us is to transform us. If any man be in Christ, he is a what? A new creature. A new creation. Old things. What things? Trying to do it my way. Trying to be the good person. Whatever it is. Old things, they're passed away. All things are become new. All things. Why? So we can be reconciled to each other and to God. And so I thought, oh, thanks, God, that is so good. So in the parable, here we have, we have this forgiveness of this huge debt that we cannot pay. That's called sin. And through the process of repentance, a gift, it's being removed. And then that means that I am accepting the grace of God. Now, the grace of God is a real interesting term, um, I read a book that Shelley Quinn wrote. I don't know if you're familiar with her and and any of her writing, but um, she's one of the main speakers and um, workers with Three Angels Broadcast. But anyway, she talks about what is grace. And and we, we know about grace being unmerited favor, but she also talks about another dynamic of grace. It's also the power of God in us to be who he wants us to be. So so we've got two things going on here with grace. We've got unmerited favor. We see this in the first part of the parable when, when the man is forgiven this great debt, this unmerited favor. But the second part of it is that grace kick in of him being able to do what God wants him to do. He received the first part, but the second part, when it had to be coming through his life, changing his life, the power of God... He didn't want to do that, which meant he was not accepting the true grace of the master. And so when I am saying, I love God, I am a Christian, but I cannot forgive my brother, I am saying I am rejecting the grace of God. That's what I am saying. And I said, okay, I'm rejecting the grace of God because it is through the grace of God that I can love the person. So I'm making a decision. God says, you can love them if you want to. I can help you. <laughs> and you're like, mm-mm. Or have we really thought about it that way? I th- when I think about it that way, I am encouraged. And my prayers have really changed a lot over the past few months. I pray prayers like, God, I don't like them, but you do. <laughs> <laughs> so help me to like this person because they're your child, and I'm your child too, and you want all of us to get along. And you can change hearts. You said that in your word. David said, creating me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit. And David uses an interesting word, renew, which means you got to do it again. you got to start it and restart it and restart it. So I thought about that, and I said, you know, Lord, I don't like this person. I went on a mission trip, and I did not like the leader. Why was I on the mission trip, and I don't even like the leader? Well, it was God's idea for me to go on the mission trip. I told him I didn't want to go, and he just kept after me. And, um, and she kept calling me, kept calling me, and I thought, okay. So I prayed about it, and I let her know I was going to go, and I went. And I said, I don't hate her. I just don't like her. You know, isn't there, like, a middle zone for people? I mean, isn't there? Or, I mean, does everything have to be black and, and white? I mean, don't you have, like, a group of friends where, you, you know? I know. <laughs> so anyway, so I don't like her. Every time she talks to me, she's always trying to ask me for money. She's always fundraising. She never talks to me about anything else. It's always about, hi, can you buy this? Hi, can you buy this? It's never like, hi, how are you doing? And uh, so anyway, I was reading... <laughs> This book, Quinn's book on grace. And what I had done with this book was I had decided a lot of times when writers are writing, they'll make a statement and they'll put a footnote. And in the footnote, there, in the back of the book, there's all these Bible texts where they got this statement from. Well, she'd have like 20 to 36 of these in the back of each of their, um, her um, chapters. I'm sorry. So I said, OK, I'm going to look up every single text that she put in here to see if it's backed up. And I said, I'm going to do three a day. And I went through her book, and I read this, and I, would, and I would write them out. I'd write out the word to try to figure out how did she get this from this. And the Holy Spirit just really started working in my life, which helped me to know when you open the Word of God, the Word of God is written by the Holy Spirit, OK? And and you have these other names in there, but really it's the Holy Spirit. And you open that book and you start taking time with it, and it starts changing your heart. So by the time I got to mission, I was praying new kinds of prayers. And so anyway, um, I kept praying. I said, Lord, you know, I'm uncomfortable with this person. The way she talks even irritates me, she speaks broken English. She sounds like she doesn't know what she's doing, and nothing is organized. I said, but help me to love her. That's what I prayed. Help me to love her. So anyway, the trip goes on, and I find out that day by day, I'm starting to love this person. You know, and, but I'm not, I wasn't gritting my teeth and saying, I'm going to love her. What I was doing was I was having worship, and I was talking to God, and I was studying his word. And as I was doing this, God was transforming my heart. And he was giving me a heart that could appreciate his other child. And I thought, wow, by the end of that trip, I had such high regard (laughs) for this person. I began to understand why she spoke broken English. Because when we got to Belize, everybody spoke broken English. She was Belizean. She fit in. I didn't. I'm the one. (laughs) What's wrong with her English? You know? She was doing what she knew. The fundraisers, she never talked to me about anything else. All of that money went to her doing the next mission trip. That's what she lived for. That's what she did. She made a vow with the Lord. You brought me to the U.S., I want to go back to my country and be able to share you with other people. So while she's in the U.S., she's always fundraising, fundraising, fundraising. And then she goes back to Belize and does mission. And when I went back, I saw her in a different light, totally different light. But it was the love of God. It wasn't me saying, I'm going to like her, I'm going to like her. That doesn't work, guys. It makes you stressed, you get a headache, and you hate your Christianity. And you go, I'm through with this God thing. I've tried this. It doesn't work. But... It won't work. God does the work through prayer, through Bible study, and so there's this transformed heart. So I thought, wow, this is so cool. God's given me the gift of, of repentance. God's given me the gift of forgiveness. And Christ's object lesson, I was looking at this. This was in one of the mommy books. Um, it says, he who is unmerciful towards others shows that he is not a partaker of God's pardoning grace. That's what I, I was whoa. And I just said, okay, self check, self check here. <laughs> yeah. And so shift in prayers, God show me where I am. Because that's what our prayer life is about. It it goes back and forth with repentance and the Holy Spirit revealing and God cleansing and having victories. And then screech, there's the Holy Spirit again. He said, you know what, there's something over there. And we pray about it and we learn about it. And we're happy because God says, I've got the tools to fix it. And, And the biggest problem is me trying to fix it myself. The biggest problem is self. And so she also says, in God's forgiveness, the heart of the erring one is drawn close to the great heart of infinite love. The tide of divine compassion, there's that word, compassion flows into the sinner's soul, and from him, other souls can be reached. So the forgiveness process in the parable He was to go out and do it for other people. And the same thing is true for us today. That whatever God is working through our life, it's to flow out of us to other people. That's why witnessing is so important. And it doesn't have to be something that's formal. It doesn't have to be something that's official. Because we are said day by day, we're supposed to abide in this process. Day by day. And I thought about a couple of bowls I have in my kitchen. And I thought, I guess the the first guy, the guy in the story who, who gets all of this stuff from God, he just holds it. He just holds it. And nothing more can come in. But what God wants us to be is a person that he's had the opportunity to punch the holes in all our thinking. Okay? And to put himself in us, and then it just flows out. And you think, oh, ooh, if, 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 if it flows out, then there's not going to be anything left. But that's not how it works. The word says that we become a well that's just springing up with water. That the more we give, the more God pours in more you. And I think what happens in my life is I get stuck because I don't have enough holes. I guess that's what the problem is. So today what we'd like to do, this is prayer ministry time. Prayer ministries is not a day on the calendar. Prayer ministry is a moment-by-moment event in our lives. Prayer ministry is the one ministry where everybody in the church is involved. There probably are others. We do good taking in potluck. <laughs> but prayer ministries is for every person. In fact, Jesus says, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. And Pastor walked us through several things of prayer. I believe it was in October when he said, The house of prayer, we are that house of prayer. We don't wait till we get to 301 Claritina. We are that house of prayer. And all the time we are connected because through prayer we have Jesus at our side. We have the power to fight the attacks of Satan. We have the strength to overcome the world and the flesh and the devil through prayer. So is prayer important all day long? And you can learn how to do it when you're driving. You can learn how to do it, you know, when you're doing something else. And you can surround yourself with an environment where where it works. If you've got too much stuff going on in your environment that you can control, get it out of there. Because the best thing that you can do is be a partner with Jesus. So what we'd like to do right now is to spend a few moments <clears throat> about maybe hmm, I'll give you about 180 seconds, no maybe five minutes, to turn to someone and to pray. To pray for that heart of compassion that comes by way of forgiveness. And then when you are away from this space and you have more time to get in your quote prayer closet, talk to God and ask God, where do I need some holes in my thinking? Where am I? Because I really do wanna be close to you, Lord. And so Brando's going to help us break up and get into those groups. He's gonna, we're going to sing in the congregation, and I ask Brando to just kind of lead us, and all of us will be singing, because his voice sounds so much better than mine. And he's going to lead us, and, and when the song is over, we can begin to pray. And then a signal for the next song that we will sing together will let us know that it's time to come away from that, because we want to not just hear about prayer. We want to try it on before we leave. Brando